Hey, welcome to TPT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel, and I have with me, as always, Josh Brown. Josh, how are you today? Doing all right, Dan. Hanging in there. It's finals week here, so I haven't seen the sunlight in like a week and a half. Uh, just been holed up in the library. But my Celtics are doing better. I was down last week on the podcast, but they're doing better. So uh, things are looking up. And how about you, Maury? Maury Hershgren, by the way. I think I'm going to be in Josh's situation, you know, in terms of finals in a couple of weeks, but uh, still enjoying, you know, the last week or two of, uh, you know, no, no work. That's great, guys. TPT is in full swing. We've got so many teams up there. I think there's 34 eligible right now as we're quali- as we're talking on April 25th, which is great. A lot of teams more are actually going to apply very, very soon. But we've got two interviews this week with two teams, actually members of teams, official members of teams that are up on the site right now. Uh, Mike Brown, who's the GM of the Tampa Bulls, a USF University of South Florida alumni team, Maury, you spoke to him, right? Dan, I did speak to him, and Mike's really energetic to you know get a get a group together and and uh, a, a South Florida alumni team. You know, Dan, the thing that stuck at this, the thing that stood out to me was Mike and his staff are treating this as an NBA team. They're treating this as if they're going to be in here for the long haul, which is great to see because you know we're always excited when teams are, are in TBT for the long haul. The Tampa Bulls are made for success. They have great guard play. They're going to have great. You know, great play uh, in the front court, you know, featuring Augustus Gilchrist, who is an absolute monster at USF. This team is, is made up of the 2012 USF team that almost made the Sweet 16. So they do have a lot of talent. And, uh, you know, they're in that South region. So Mike Brown said some interesting words about some other teams in, in the South region uh, and definitely you know, thinks that they can compete. And Josh, you spoke to the Oakland Zoo, which is an actual fan group for the Pitt alumni team, the Untouchables, right? Yeah, yeah. So they are uh, again the booster for the Untouchables. Uh, they've done a great job on Twitter. I was actually surprised before I interviewed them. They have like twenty eight thousand followers or something on Twitter. So they're a very well known group, and they're excited. You know, they they uh, a lot of them have grown up watching Pittsburgh basketball. I had three members of the zoo on the podcast. Uh, a couple of them grew up watching Pittsburgh basketball. If not, you know, they're at every game, um, and they've done a great job on Twitter helping out. Uh, the you know the Pittsburgh alumni team they had a great kind of quote about how they they've kind of accepted guys like Cameron Clark, um, Ricky Harris, Michael Green has kind of adopted Panthers on that Pittsburgh alumni team. You know a couple of the guys who didn't play their college ball at Pittsburgh. So um, they've done a lot of good things, but they have a lot of really cool things coming in the pipeline. Um, you know they've done T-shirt giveaways to try to get votes, uh, and they've really just kind of been all in. And they've talked about. Uh, you know, some good Pittsburgh memories they had, memories of some of the guys in the TBT. You know, LeVance Fields was kind of a, fa- a fan favorite among them. So they're really excited. And like I said, they've been doing a good job. So it was kind of interesting to catch up from them and get their perspective on TBT, uh, the Pittsburgh alumni team, and really just kind of the direction of Pittsburgh basketball as a whole. They had a, kind of some good insight about that. Yeah, and they're the official student fan group for Pitt basketball too, right? Yeah, they are. So they actually do a lot. It's not just a fan group. It's kind of an all-in kind of uh, organization they have. You know, they do uh, a weekly radio show with the coach where they go and they ask the you know the, the coach questions about the team. Um, they help you know support other teams as well. Obviously, basketball is their main priority. Uh, they camp out at the arena to get tickets for big games, and you know they kind of throw a festival. You know, if Duke's coming to town. They'll camp out the night before, and you know they'll play cornhole. They'll do stuff like that. So, um, yeah, you know, priority number one is being the fan section of the basketball team, but they've kind of taken on a life of their own and they've kind of uh, gotten to some other endeavors as well. That's great. I love diving into all this stuff about who these teams are and how they're being supported and who's their fan group and all that kind of stuff. And the Oakland Zoo obviously is an awesome development for that Untouchables team. Remember that if you're listening to TBT's podcast on Apple Podcasts, which I guess is the new name for that. Do you guys do you guys know about that? It's not really iTunes anymore that you're supposed to listen to podcasts on? I did not know that, but that's the, the end of an era. Yeah, Apple Podcasts. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, share it with your friends. It's just as like sending a text. You just put, put that little square button at the bottom and send it to your friends. Let them know that you're listening to the TBT Podcast and that you're up to date on TBT, and hopefully they will be as well. Remember that you can listen to us there. You can find us on SoundCloud. Uh, TBT is all over the internet on social media, Twitter, at the tournament, Facebook, the tournament. Uh, Instagram is the dot tournament for reasons previously discussed and uh, Viber as well is on the tournament, but we'll talk about that later too. For the meantime, let's get into the interviews that Maury had with Mike Brown of the Tampa Bulls and that Josh had with three members of the Oakland Zoo for the Untouchables. 
Welcoming in Michael Brown, the general manager of the Tampa Bulls, a USF alumni squad, new to TBT this year with some familiar faces that was a part of TBT last year and the year before. A good group of guys excited to try to win $2 million. Michael, thanks for hopping on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate being on here. I know our guys are really excited to be a part of this tournament this year, and uh, we got a good fan base growing behind us. So thanks for having me. Michael, you're a former head manager at USF. You've been around these guys for quite some time. But when did talks really you know, start to matriculate as, as if you guys wanted to put together a team and enter TBT? I'd say it really started last summer. We were watching. Um, I know you guys have that good deal with ESPN, and we caught some of the games, and we kind of all said, why can't that be us? And even before that, we had tried, but it was so last minute because we just weren't sure where everyone was going to be and the positioning and the timing that, you know, a year ago, this has been in the works for over a year now um, of us kind of getting ready to, to get to this point. So that's where I'd really say it came from last year watching on ESPN. I actually um, received a text from Augustus Gilchrist and then ran into Torlin and Ron in Tampa and we all had the same thought, why, why haven't we done this yet? So that's, that's pretty much the, the basis of, of um, the start of Tampa Bulls. Could you even believe that the prize was like legitimate, that like you could actually win $2 million for a basketball tournament? I will say there was some skepticism at first. Um, I, I would have to say I thought, you know, there's got to be somewhere where the funds or the money may be going elsewhere. But then seeing it happen last year, that was pretty much all I needed uh, to see to, to pull the trigger and go forward with it. You said you talked to Torlin, you talked to Ron, you know, you, you mentioned Augustus, um, but kind of what was the, what were those first initial steps into making the team, picking the name, uh, kind of putting the team together? Well, as far as it goes, we I, I would say we're probably doing a little bit different than most teams have done. Um, as far as building a machine, we're looking to build a long term position team that we're going to have fed by our alumni basis. So in setting it up, I said, where's the best place we can start for building out a roster and then also surrounding myself with the right people to make this happen. So I really talked to the core group of guys from that tournament team from 11 and 12 where we made that good run. Um, Unfortunately, it didn't end how we we thought it would, but um, this is our second chance to come forward with it. And then I really, um, my next step was reaching out to Anthony Brammer, who was the video coordinator and um, had a very intricate role in that staff, a lot more than video, um, through running ops and a couple other coaching aspects where, um, you know, I knew he was my go-to. And then since then, we've actually even started building out our staff with another manager who's going to help us with our promotions and marketing. So we're really looking at this as a long-term build-out, not just one and done. Um, obviously, we do want to win this year, but we're also looking at, hey, let's go and, and compete every single year from here on out because we, we see this tournament as something that's going to be here and um, not going anywhere. It's going to be here to stay and it's going to be strong. So that's kind of where we um, based it at. And then we then developed our um, player build out to who's now going to fit the right roles. And, and obviously from that tournament team, we had a great defensive setting. We had great offense um, that just need a little bit more tweaking. And I think we found that with a couple guys already in Corey Allen and Javante Hawkins. It seems like you have, you know, a ton of people around you guys to support. And that's probably, you know, the best way to go about it, to make a TV team like that ready for the long haul. Um, but mm-hmm. what, what kind of wanted to – what what – what motivation did you have behind all of this into getting back into basketball? Because you were a head manager at USF. You know, you've kind of stepped away from the game for a little bit. But what about the camaraderie of the guys made you say, hey, let's make a team? Well, I'll tell you, it's like, it's like the Blues Brothers. We're putting the band back together, and we're a family. So uh, through all the guys we have on the team, we have three different generations of recruiting classes under multiple coaches. And that hasn't stopped us as a team and as an alumni base and a family from staying in contact and wanting to have another opportunity to get back together. And it's always been, we always wanted to do something on a certain level, but we just didn't have a place to go do that. There's a lot of local tournaments for, you know, um, the Bay Area Showdown. They also have a Polk County All-Stars Classic, I believe. Um, There's a couple things in Florida that um, you can get together, but it's not on that higher level of competition that, 
really makes it worth flying in guys from California, New York, um, Michigan, and really all over across the country. So this kind of gave us um, some standing ground to say, hey, this is an opportunity for us to get back together. And it just so happens that we get paid to do it, which makes it a little bit nicer. But by far, that's not even, you know, really our mindset. We're, we're just a very competitive group of guys. So if you told us it, it was a dollar on the line, I think um, we'd probably fight j- just the same as we're, we're about to go do this summer. That 2012 NCAA tournament team was a 12 seed. You won in the first four. You beat a Cal team, only gave up 54 points. And then in the first round of the NCAA tournament, you only gave up 44 points to fifth-seeded Temple. Can you take us through your team, some of your players, and why you feel you know, you're going to be successful? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because from what we saw last year, we saw some great offensive players. We saw some, some great uh, dribble drives. Um, offenses and some isolation. The difference between our team is we can do all that, and we have some surprise additions we're going to be finishing off our roster with as soon as we get them back in the country. But with that set aside, we play defense. We're a gritty team. Ron Anderson, heart and soul. You may actually end up seeing your first player die on the court because he will refuse to leave, um, leave that court a loser. He'll, he'll put everything he has into it. So with that backing, you got a great defender, very long, um, Gus. Javante, another great long defender. Hugh Gritty. Anthony Collins, probably one of the highest basketball IQs I've seen or heard of. Um, Corey Allen, another kid who, you know, undersized, but once again, you know, if, if you look at his size and, and think you're going to get by him, you don't have a shot. He, he moves his feet incredibly quick. So, you know, basing that and then, some of the surprises that I think some of the USF fan base has kind of started to gather, and I don't really want to let those out yet. But if you can think of some other key players we've had in USF history, I, I don't see how, how we, we lose on the defensive end. You're going to have to, you know, really find a way to score on us because I, I plan on going in there with a group of guys that we're not giving up 50 points um, plus a game. We're, we're going to really pride ourselves on our defense. For those you know that, that forget, USF was in the Big East, and I know we talked about this a little bit off air a couple days ago you know, when we were yes. getting, getting this interview timed down, but USF was a part of the Big East when the Big East was the best college basketball conference hands down in the country. It had 11 teams at one point in 2011 go to the dance. So Mike, let me ask you, how have those experiences playing in the Big East against some of the best competition in the country, how will that pay off this summer? Well, we played against the best and we beat the best. That's something that I, I think, especially in the ratings, and, and no disrespect to the teams that have been rated above us, but they didn't play in the conference against the competition we had to play against in, in college, and now these guys have gone on to have very successful professional careers thus far, and some of them are um, on their way to be getting them. With that said, I mean, wh- what's better than Big East basketball you know, back in 2010, 2011, 2012. And these guys were there, they competed, and they won. So anyone who's a basketball historian or a fan of the game, you got to look at it and say, you got a guy like Torlin Fitzpatrick who was lights out from three. You got a guy, Ron Anderson, who was a bulldog on defense. Guts running the court. Anthony Collins, probably one of the most underrated point guards in college his freshman year. He came out like like Ghostbusters and, and really came on the scene strong. He's by far going to be the best ball handler. I'm not going to say the best player, but he is the best ball handler in the tournament. Um, That's one thing that we had as an advantage, playing in the best conference in the country. No team wanted to press us by the time we got to conference play because they realized you're not going to get the ball from Anthony Collins. And when he dribbles up the court and then dishes it off to Ron or Gus down low or kicks it to um, Fitz on the the wing on a pick and roll or a drag, um, we're going to leave you exposed. So that's something that's going to play to our strengths as well. I saw some teams try to apply pressure last year, and, you know, I looked at that, and the first person came to mind was Anthony Collins. So I, don't, I just don't see anyone being able to compete on that level. Now, don't get me wrong, there's great teams. Obviously, overseas elite, they, they're repeat champions, but they also haven't played the Tampa Bulls yet. So we'll see what happens when that comes to, um, to fruition. Similarly, like the Big East, you know, and that you know rugged conference, night in and night out. You know, the South region, the region that you guys have entered, 
it, it has some comparisons. You have, you know, some blue bloods like a Kentucky team, like an Ole Miss team. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a VCU. So what about the opportunity playing in that South region, you know, potentially going up against some of those great alumni schools like yourselves and potentially having a crack at overseas elite makes you so excited? Um, that, that's probably the, the best part about this is, is we looked at, you know, who we're going to be going against. We did our research and said, you know, if, if we're going to go against these teams, we might as well face them head on, take them up front and get it over with. You know, there's no, no sense in waiting to the championship game and, and cowering off to Las Vegas or New York like I've seen some teams do. I mean, if you take uh, Pedro's posse, they're, they're a Florida-based team and they're out in the Western Conference, which we've noticed in you know, I think the Western Conference is going to come on strong, but at the same time, you're a Florida-based team, so I don't know what business you have out in Vegas. So um, we, we really look at that as a, a challenge for us that, you know, it gets us excited. We're here to compete against the best. Um, otherwise, you know, like I said, there's other smaller tournaments in the area we could have teamed up for, and it just didn't appeal to us. So, you know, it's obviously going to be a fight. It's going to be gritty. Um, that's the kind of basketball we play. Nothing's pretty. Um, we got a bunch of ugly guys, a lot of them single, and part of the reason is because of how they play basketball. Vegas obviously you know, has some attractions you know, for, for many reasons. Uh, one of the players on that Pedro's posse team that played for them last year that got to the Super 16 that's now on your team, Torlin Fitzpatrick, decorated college player. He's had a tremendous professional career. Uh, this year he's top 10 you know, in the league in scoring, rebounding, and blocks over in the top league in Greece. With his experiences in TBT, has he relayed any information to you that have might that maybe opened your eyes? Yeah, he, he's actually been a big help in the process. And I've talked to Torlin. I mean, he's what has thrown off my whole sleep schedule, essentially, <laughs> because that seven-hour time difference and trying to um, kind of be able to reach a point where we can talk during the day and usually it's better first thing in the morning for him, which is middle of the night over here. Um, but he's played an intricate role in helping us kind of um, have some insight onto what to look for in the guys and moving forward. Um, as far as getting players on the same page, at first we were trying to um, really, I, I don't want to say reach for the best, but we were looking for a higher caliber when he said it's not about having the best players, it's about having the best chemistry and best all-in team buy-in. And after talking to him about that, it really made us kind of retool how we were going to structure our team and we realized you know we we have some great players that we wanted on the team but just didn't really fit our style and what we wanted to accomplish so we really reverted back to you know let's get that unselfish guy who's going to really go out there and put it all on the line for us and I think that's one of the biggest things he's told us is next man up you know if someone can't do it because there's a conflict or they they have vacation and and, you know I feel bad for the guy who's going on vacation I'm not going to mention any names but, you know, we got to go to the next guy because, you know, the, we're playing for each other out here. It's not about the money. It's, you know, we're obviously, you know, under the Bulls' name. But, you know, it's, it's for one another. It's family. It's not about the coaches. And there's been some good coaches at USF. Some of it didn't work out the way it should have. But at the end of the day, as players, you know, and, and former staff, that we, we only have each other. So you can't be on board. we got to go to the next who's going to have our back because that's what matters in crunch time. That's something he's really – um, stressed um, on a continuous basis is hey next man up so it's going to kind of be our philosophy that and family moving forward 100 percent with that you know when i'm talking sports i watch a lot of sports it's not always about you know the five or the ten best players you know it's always about the best five or the best ten that work together all the time mike we talked you guys are going to be holding a training camp um where will you guys be holding that and kind of what what is the goal coming out of that Ah, yes. So the week before, prior to the first round, we're all going to be meeting down in Tampa. Um, Right now, we're actually getting ready to get in talks with the university about um, making a little more official. Obviously, all the alumni are always welcome back, so we'll all be in there um, either way. But we just want to, you know, make sure we're going about the professional way and clearing all of our um, ways through um, getting into the gym. With that said... We're really going to be coming back to the basics. I, you know, we talked about it with the guys, and this is an opportunity for them to get better as players. So it's really training for them and then just building that camaraderie back. We're going to put in some sets. Obviously, we're going back to our signature defense. Um, we can go in man. We can go in zone. 
Um, we have a couple ways. We play dif- defense a little bit differently down in Tampa. So that's something I think the country is going to enjoy seeing. And then from there, you know, it, it's going to come down to just improving on our offense because now we have the offensive skill set where um, 2011, 2012 was kind of the hindrance where we hold a team to 44 points or 45 points in some games early on in the season, but then we'd only score 43. So that, that's probably what I'm most excited about um, going into this training camp is just seeing how these guys have developed individually and then as a team having them come together. Because I know I've seen a couple of these guys play, and they've grown so much over the past you know, three and four years where I think it's going to be scary the product we put on the court. So um, training camp's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Um, it's really just going to be like back in the day, open gym in the offseason, and we're going to go have fun with it. Basketball aside, you're going to be in Tampa. You potentially will be on campus. Mike, can you put into words, you know, just how much you are looking forward to being back with the guys, being back with the team, you know, that made South Florida history, that you spent so much time with day in and day out? Personally, I, I'm floored. I'm, I'm beyond words. I really can't think of a way to describe it. Um, and, and same for these guys. I mean, you put your life into it. The four or five years you're here, and some some of these guys, you know, with the coaching change, two and three years, but you really, you know, you develop a good family atmosphere, and you know, other schools have their own prerogatives and how they go about business, but these guys, literally, I had dedicated my life to, and they had done the same to each other as well. So to be back, it, it's just it's just an incredible feeling, and, and I'm I'm jumping out of my skin, ready to go. Um, I also talked with uh, Coach Brammer probably just about every night. We're on the phone for about an hour, two hours every night, um, making sure we're staying up with the guys. We're making sure we're growing um, kind of our program out because that's how we look at, like I said, a program. And, you know, just starting to see the support from the local media and the USF fan base is great because we do have a great fan base down here. It, It just goes under the radar right now. And I think also with our football team coming up, as of recent, it's kind of started to highlight what USF has and what we have to offer. So, you know, with that combined with the new coaching staff, it's going to be exciting. Well, Mike, once again, congratulations on being eligible. You are eligible for the TBT 2017 tournament. Thanks for hopping on. And, you know, it seems like you guys are going to have a fun team, a very versatile team offensively and defensively. So, you know, can't wait till the, till the summertime rolls around and, and see you guys in action. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Look forward to being out there this year, and uh, hopefully you'll see us in the finals. Welcoming in now several members of the Oakland Zoo, the official fan section of Pittsburgh University Basketball. They'll also be a booster for the Untouchables, one of the returning teams in the Northeast region. We have Derek Sellers, Ben Lindsay, and Mike Limbach are all rising junior engineer majors. I, I said they're a lot smarter than me, but guys, thank you for joining the podcast. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, nice Thanks to meet you. Uh, so, guys, I, I want to talk about uh, you guys in particular because you guys are one of the only fan sections we've ever had who's been a booster for a team. Obviously, you're supporting the Untouchables, your, your hometown team. But how did this kind of form? How did you guys link up with them? I know you guys do a lot of work with the basketball team, but uh, how did you get linked up with the Untouchables and now you know, come on as a booster? Uh, we actually got a uh, Twitter message from the GM, Aaron Minkoff, and he asked if we would be interested in uh, supporting the, the Untouchables just because, you know, we had watched them as kids. We watched Gary McGee, uh, LeVance Fields, Gilbert Brown. We were all fans of them. So we thought it would be a cool opportunity to just support them and uh, see what they could do in the tournament. Well, I want to ask what your background, all three of you, is with Pittsburgh basketball. Uh, have you guys all been lifelong fans? Did it just kind of start when you, you came to Pittsburgh? What's kind of been your history with the team? All right, well, um, I know Derek and Mike were more lifelong fans. I kind of became a fan in the couple years before I came to Pitt, um, so that's more of my background. But I'll let Derek and Mike talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, a, I'm from Pittsburgh originally, so... And Pittsburgh doesn't have like an NBA team, so the Pitt Panthers were like my source of basketball, and like basketball is my sport, you know. And so um, 
it was really nice, like, just growing up, just ever since I was, like, real little, like, just, like, going way back to, like, Brandon Knight, like, Julius Page type of stuff, like, like way back, like, now they're, like, coaches at places like that. And so just growing up, getting to watch them, those are, like, my idols, you know. So some people have, like, NBA players to look up to, but, you know, like, LeVance Fields was somebody that, like, I would, like, model my game after kind of thing. And so, like, stuff like that was really, like, growing up, it was... Like, pit basketball was, like, pretty big to me, personally. Yeah, and I, I grew up a fan as well. My dad was a fan, and growing up in central Pennsylvania, everyone's, like, gung-ho about Penn State, but we were the one family that was like, we like pit. Yeah, I mean, uh, they've certainly had more uh, success over the year than their Penn State uh, yeah. counterparts. Um, Where the kind of the name Oakland Zoo come from? For, I've read an article on the background, but can you guys just take the people at home through the history? I mean, I think the zoo is kind of self-explanatory, but where does Oakland come in the mix? How'd that name come to be? Yeah, I mean, well, Oakland is um, it's like the neighborhood within Pittsburgh that the university is like set in. So, like, we're in the Oakland neighborhood, so that's where the Oakland comes from. And uh, the Oakland Zoo, it originated in uh, 2001. Yeah, and officially. Uh, officially. And it was just, like, a couple of the students um, just, or one of the students decided, like, we want to, like, make it, like, an official student section type of thing. And so it started in 2001, and it's just grown from there. It's gotten, like, really big since then. It's, like, it's grown in hype and just, like, I guess just from the very beginnings, like, we were just, like, looking at, like, the old logos. It's just, it seems really, like, it seemed like it was really just, um... A lot of growth. It, it, it's had a lot of growth since the very start. So it's now, like, what, like, 16, 17 years in. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like, we've seen a lot of growth within the student section. And, uh, but it's, it's still the same. We're just cheering on our basketball team, you know, and it's really nice. Well, it does seem like you guys have kind of become an entity of your own. I mean, you have, you know, I think 25.5 thousand followers on Twitter. Um, if you look at the pictures, you guys really uh, kind of fill it up. If you're an opponent going to play at Pittsburgh, what's their experience like having to go not only against the Panthers, but against, you know, the zoo as well? We try to make it as difficult as possible. So they're coming into a hostile environment. Um, everyone's loud. Everyone's jumping. And we just try to make it difficult on them and help give our team an edge. Yeah, we we do our research on the other team. Uh, we have treat, uh, cheat sheets that we uh, type up and just get as much dirt on them as possible. So yeah, we, anyone who comes can say whatever they feel is necessary. <laughs> yeah, we, we get a lot of information on them that's like, you know, it's probably like inappropriate or something like it may, some people would say. But, you know, it's only good fun. And... Um, yeah. We just we want to give our basketball team the best shot to win. So whatever we can do to, to you know, help that out, like we do, and we just want to make the other teams' lives like kind of hell, basically. And you know, but you know, yeah. I was actually I was reading an article, and you guys I cut from Boston, where it's a big kind of college hockey town, not as big college basketball, but uh, very similar to some of the chants that they do at uh, BC or BU, and some of the hockey games, very uh, entertaining stuff that you guys do. And I've read the newspaper article too. If you want to read about what they do, Sports Illustrated put out a, a great piece about them a couple of years ago, and it was actually the Oakland Zoo rated uh, the or the Oakland Zoo made the Peterson Event Center the toughest uh, place to play in the Big East, while Pittsburgh was still in the biggie so a lot of good stuff uh i read an article too you guys do some sort of radio show as well can you expand on that a little bit uh, um, uh yeah coach stallings does a radio show in uh the south side which is about 15 minutes from campus uh it's basically he does he answers questions that uh fans ask and basically he does it throughout the season and a few times out of season i think but uh, it's, it's fun to go and uh, listen to him, listen to what he has to say about the season and how things are going. And are, so you guys, are you running that show? Are you like the host of it? Or are you just there kind of asking him questions? Uh, no, we're just kind of there asking questions. Uh, 
I think it's the fan, the radio station, the fan runs it. Yeah, which they're affiliated with the university. Yeah. So. Ah, got it, got it. Um, all right, let's go over to TBT. You guys mentioned uh, how you grew up lifelong fans of the Untouchables. Uh, what was your favorite TBT memory last year? I suspect as uh, Pittsburgh fans that Syracuse game comes to mind, but what was your favorite part of watching, uh, you know, your former players that you watched when you guys were younger kind of uh, lace them back up and play with the Untouchables last year? Oh, yeah. I mean, it would definitely be the game we beat the uh, Syracuse alumni, you know. It's always nice to, like, because Syracuse just throughout the years has seemed to be, like, a team that we've kind of had their number. And, um, you know, like, that year, just, like, in regular, like, college basketball, we'd beaten Syracuse, like, three times, both in, like, conference play twice and then the ACC tournament. And then at the TBT to just be able to do it again, you know, that's, like, a nice thing to be able to, like, to, to rub in that fan base's face because, you know, they kind of think they're all like high and mighty for good reason <laughs> but you know it, it was it was nice to get to see that and just to be able to like like watch like you know levance fields take it to some of those alumni again just like one more time it was really <laughs> cool to see yeah, I mean, LeVance Fields was actually my favorite story from that team as well, just watching him. I was a big fan growing up. Uh, do, do you guys have any plans to go to Philly this year to, for that Northeast Regional? Syracuse, they bring uh, quite the contingency. So do you guys plan to match them this year? Uh, we haven't really talked about that yet. Uh, Aaron, the GM of uh, the Untouchables, had yeah. talked to us about possibly getting tickets for us. Right now, we don't have any plans, but Wait, uh, hopefully we'd, we'd, definitely we'd like to. to. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Uh, what, what's some of your guys' favorite, just in general, Pittsburgh basketball memories? I mean, um, I, I've kind of looked at the history of the team. I've always been a, a quasi-fan of Pittsburgh basketball, but what, what's some of just your favorite memories while you were in college? Uh, you know, moments you were in the fan section, moments that happened. What's kind of been uh, stand out to you? Uh for me personally, my big, my favorite memory was two years ago the the win over Duke, uh, being in the student section. That was right after Grayson Allen had one of his tripping incidents. So <laughs> we came after him hard in that game, and then for them to be able to pull away like that and get the win, Sheldon's big dunk with Rafferty yelling, send it in, Sheldon. Uh, just that game in general was a lot of fun. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure all three of us yeah. probably slept over for that game, and it, which is another thing like the zoo will do, like for big games especially, like. Well, um, well, you know, you want to get like the big seats so you can, uh, so you can really experience it and get to like make sure the other players like hear what you're te what you're telling them. So like we all like slept over and made the whole experience of it. So that was really nice. Take, take me through a night sleeping over to get tickets. What are you doing from like I don't know what time do you arrive? Like 7 p.m. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And, and, you know, and then what are you doing all night? You just like post up and um, you know some people like you like bring books to study even though you don't really study sometimes they have cornhole or spike ball just games you can play in the lobby mm -hmm. uh we they actually did uh they had the host of pit tonight come and he did like a trivia game with the people that were staying over so that was pretty fun mm -hmm. yeah i mean the the pete floor isn't the most comfortable <laughs> place to spend a night but you know it was worth it <laughs> after worth the win it. yeah yeah, I mean, it's certainly beating Duke, uh, you know, that's worth a, a night on the floor. Um, where do you guys think the Pittsburgh program is, is kind of going? You guys have had your ups and downs. I know it wasn't the best of years in uh, the, the, you know, the, the year that just ended this past winter, but uh, where do you kind of see the team going? What's the direction of Pittsburgh basketball? Are you guys optimistic? I, you guys are both rising juniors, you mentioned, so you still have a couple more years on campus. Where do you kind of see the program going? Uh, we're optimistic. Uh, every time you have a coaching change, there's going to be some turnover and some growing pains. But, you know, once once Coach Stallings gets his players in and, you know, they're listening to what he has to say and uh, learning his system, we think it can go back to the way uh, pit basketball used to be, winning games, making it really hard to uh, win here at the Peterson Event Center. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say that uh, I, I'm pretty excited about the incoming class. It's just getting some turnover, some new players, um, hopefully to turn the program back in the right direction. 
Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you that I forgot uh, when we were talking a little TBT was some of the non-Pittsburgh players who play for the Untouchables. You know, Cameron Clark played uh, his college ball at Oklahoma. Uh, who else do you – it was uh, Michael Green I played for Butler, and Ricky Harris, he's a local guy from around me, played for UMass. And they all play for the Untouchables. What are your guys' kind of thoughts on that? Do they become uh, kind of adopted Panthers in your mind? Are they still kind of outsiders? What do you think of that component of the team? Uh, oh yeah, I mean we accept them with open arms. You know? <laughs> like whatever, whatever it takes. You know, like get the two million dollars. Like that's like we'll take anybody. You know, but like it's definitely surrounded around the Pitt alumni. But you know, whatever it takes to win, that's always has been what like the Pitt basketball mantra is about. Whatever it takes to win. So, like you know, yeah, like we accept them with open arms. Like I mean, they can be like quasi like Pitt, like Pitt alumni if you want to. <laughs> say it like that better late than never yeah <laughs> exactly and, and i think ricky harris actually uh made a joke about that in one of the press conferences after uh the game last year you guys are actually set to take home twenty thousand if the untouchables uh end up a qualifying and b winning um so what do you guys plan to do does it all go back to the zoo or are you guys going to delve it out between each other what are you guys going to do with that money no, it's all going back to the zoo. Yeah, we could do some pretty fun giveaways with that kind of money. Yeah, whatever makes, you know, like, whatever can get people to come and make the environment as, like, amazing and hectic as possible is, like, we'll put the $20,000 $20, down to that, you know. And so, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to, like, the possibilities that can come from that money if we won. Absolutely. Uh, just a couple weeks left until TBT registration ends. Uh, the Untouchables are actually right now sitting out of the top nine, so they wouldn't be. Uh, they wouldn't get a popularity vote as of today. Obviously, like I mentioned, a lot of time to go, and then you know six at-large teams get in. What do you guys kind of plan to do uh, to get them back in the top uh, nine? Not even have to worry about the pop or the uh, at-large component and getting the popularity uh, vote. What do you guys kind of plan to do to help spring them in uh, in the coming weeks? Well, we recently just did um, one of our bigger t-shirts, the retro t-shirt. We just did a giveaway to try to get some people to vote where they had to show confirmation. Um, we're also planning some other giveaways up in the future. Uh, we've got a pretty big one in the works. Yeah, we, we have a pretty big one to like look out for in the next yeah. couple of weeks that like we think will really like really bump up the votes, you know. So like, I guess look out for that we're on our Twitter. Looking forward to it. You know, follow us, you know. Coach Dollings might get in on the action. Wow. Yeah, we'll see. We got we got big plans, you know. I I think we'll get into the popular vote. I'm we're pretty confident about that, you know. Well, guys, we are looking forward to it. I know you guys have final exams. Uh, always the worst part of the year uh, in the fall, <laughs> in the spring. Uh, guys, we appreciate the time. I hope we do see you out in Pittsburgh or at least some contingency of the zoo. Uh, and thank you for being on the TBT podcast. All right, that was great, guys. Uh, Maury, I love the confidence that Mike Brown has in that Tampa t Tampa Bulls team. Uh, nothing like a first-year team thinking that they can make a run. We've seen it before, and you know maybe we'll see it again. It's amazing to me. Everybody sleeps on overseas elite, and this team has never been beaten. You know, it's like incredible to me that everybody assumes that they can beat them until they face him on the court. And it's kind of like John Dre Jefferson said, Josh, when you talk to him, you know, you swing at them and they come back with a roundhouse. Yeah, it's kind of that. Uh, I found that funny too, Dan. It's kind of, um, I still feel like they're a team, you mentioned it, that they don't get the respect they deserve for like truly how good they are. And, you know, they've been in some close games, but they've won every single one of them. But, I mean, if you're Mike Brown, what are you going to say? No, we're going to lose to overseas elite. I like that. You have confidence in your guys. Uh, you think you have the best team, not only in TBT, but probably in the world if you're assembling it for TBT. So uh, I kind of like that. Take shots at the king. Um, you know, no one's been able to, to kind of uh, – sink the ship yet but uh, i like that all in with your guys if if i was a, a gm and i had a team i would tell them uh overseas elite is nothing uh you know we're the best team you know we can beat them so uh you know i actually kind of like the confident approach but if you're overseas elite uh you kind of just shrug that off because you know 13 teams of 13 teams have tried but uh none have gotten the job done more what would you do like what would you how would you approach this if you were a gm or a coach of a team entering it uh say the same regional that overseas elite is going to be in well, I would do a lot of what Mike Brown's doing, Dan, and that's, you know, having a core, and that core is the alumni group, but Mike, Mike Brown said that this South Florida core is different than any other college alumni team, you know, in, in, the, in TBT, you know, they have a group chat all the time, they've been talking about this, 
you know, for a year or two now. And, you know, combined with the experience of a couple of the players in TBT that they have, plus, you know, they're, they're not that far removed from college. And uh, Mike Brown was a part of that team uh, in 2012, as well as, you know, for his whole entire collegiate career. I would, I would model my team, you know, much like, much like the Tampa Bulls. I mean, you have a solid core. Uh, you have experience in TBT and you have, you know, a person in Mike Brown who was a grad assistant there. So, you know, he has that coaching and that business mind uh, to go along with the uh, with the talent. Josh, what do you think? Oakland Zoo going to turn up in droves to watch that Untouchables team, assuming that they make it in? Well, we talked about that. They said they didn't have any official plans right now to, you know, uh, organize a whole a crew to get out there. But a lot of, uh, you know, the, the, all three of them said that they would love to have, uh, you know, be able to get out there to Philly U and watch them qualify. And, um, you know, th- they said uh, it would be a great experience. They loved watching it on TV. They loved that Syracuse game that where they beat Bayham's army down in Philadelphia. And rightfully so. I mean, that's a, a big rivalry game uh, just in college basketball in general. So they, they said they would love to get out there i think um they will surprise i think we could get a situation if they could meet up again especially with that syracuse team where you have two really rabid fan bases led by the zoo and led by the bayhams army fans really going at each other which would be great because like i said uh that's one of the biggest college basketball rivalries really anywhere so uh if they could you know match up again i think the zoo would definitely come out and support them that's awesome that was a great game and you know a lot of people from syracuse were a little bit worried about that matchup in particular because apparently pitt has always had the ability to break down that zone. And that's kind of exactly what happened in that game. So tough matchup. We'll see what happens. Hopefully those teams um, are able to match up again and uh, put on another great show for all the TBT fans. Guys, we got updates from around the world or updates on TBT guys this week, huh? Well, I, I'll go. Yeah, we do. From, I have uh, from around the world, Dan, four guys who had uh, a really big week this week uh one of my favorite guys that we've actually ever had in tbt delroy james from the sean bell all-stars another team who i would love to see them back in tbt uh they're not up yet but they were really a good team that we had um he's playing over in turkey right now he was named one of the top performers of the week he had 20 points six rebounds and three dimes and a big win for his team, they're actually, you know, all these teams are kind of approaching the playoffs right now. Uh, he's playing for Best Balixir, um, and he after he actually began the year in Italy, he's averaging 16.3 points and 5.5 rebounds per game. Uh, but, you know, that Sean Bell team, they were a fun team to watch, Dan, so we'd certainly love to have them back uh, sometime soon in TBT. Uh, Raymar Morgan from the Spartan Heroes, a Michigan State alumni team. He was named the, the top performer overall in Germany's BBL League this week. He had a double-double with 28 points and 10 rebounds, leading Rathafarm to a 91-84 win over Fraport Sky. Uh, his team's actually 21 or 29 and one on the year, so they're having quite the year. Uh, and he's actually having a league best or averaging a league best 18.7 points per game. He's third in rebounds with seven uh, seven rebounds per game and he actually plays with former Boston Celtic Chris Babb so Raymar Morgan the top scorer over in Germany for the 29 in one Ratha farm really playing well the former Michigan State player who played for the Spartan Heroes last year uh, another guy who played on a classic TBT team Chaz Williams he played for Big Apple basketball in 20. 20- 15. He's only five foot nine, but he had a double double with 15 points and 10 rebounds. Again, he's five foot nine, 10 rebounds for the Geneva Lions over in Switzerland. They had a 110 88 win over the Star Wings. And that's the third time, actually, that Chaz has grabbed 10 rebounds in a game this year. He's averaging 12.3 points, 5.5 rebounds, and 4.9 assists per game. I've actually watched him a lot in college when he played over in the Mullen Center for, U- uh, for UMass Amherst. Finally, Trey McKinney-Jones from the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. He played for the Ants alumni. Uh, Dan, he's actually the only guy on that original Mad Ants team still playing for Fort Wayne. He's at, he's left a couple of times to go play. Uh, he played over in Israel, and he's, he bounced over Europe a little bit uh, as well. But um, he's you know made it back to Fort Wayne for, I think, three of the last four years to play for that Mad Ants team, and he's playing very well. They actually just got bounced from the D-League playoffs, but he actually ha- dropped 19 points, 23 points, and 30 points in the three games that they played against the main Red Claws. He you know, finished the year 
are averaging 17 points and five rebounds per game. And uh, Trey McKinney-Jones becoming quite the familiar face on that Fort Wayne team. And um, I don't know if he's registered with the Mad Ants again, but I assume he'll be back with that Ants alumni team in TBT. That's great stuff. That's awesome updates. I love that stuff. I love seeing guys like Raymar Morgan that just have those breakthrough seasons over in Europe. And then that just really kind of catapults them into a, a long, healthy career over there, too. And it, it, what we found, too, is not only that, but playing in TBT actually catapults people for the next year. So um, we, we've seen a couple of guys who they've had a great TBT um, and then they go out and they have a great EuroLeague season. Dwight Bucks is one of them. He's having a great year and like really improved his numbers from a year ago. And I think just playing in that high level competition, not taking, you know, four months off and just training on your own, playing against this kind of competition really kind of primes them for the upcoming EuroLeague or, you know, wherever they may be playing the that's next a, year. That's a great point. Great point. I hadn't even really thought about that, but you're absolutely right. Um, Maury, what have you got? Yeah, Dan, a little bit of an extensive report uh, today. I have a theme going across the board with all four of my TBT teams. Uh, you know, a lot of these TBT teams I'm seeing as of as of late, the, their new additions, you know, have played together recently. So, you know, obviously TBT in the basketball world is interconnected between whether guys have played together in high school or in the community and AAU and college, what have you. But recently, you know, even even right now on teams, a lot of guys are pairing up that are playing you know, through the winter months and then bringing that into TBT so that they're a well-oiled machine coming into TBT. My first team is the Kentucky Kings. A quick report for them. The general manager, A.J. Slaughter, is teaming up with Irving Walker. They are the starting backcourt uh, from Strasbourg in France. A.J. Slaughter averages about 12 and a half points a game, a little over three assists and two rebounds a night. Irving Walker, you know, 10 points a game, four assists. That team is 17 and four in their last 21 games. They're, they're riding a nine game winning streak and they haven't lost since the calendar flipped to 2017. So AJ Slaughter, Irving Walker, you know, should bring great chemistry and camaraderie, you know, from, from the winter months, from, from the professional season into TBT. They will be suiting up this summer for the Kentucky Kings, the Ants alumni, uh, like Josh mentioned, uh, Trey McKinney-Jones, they have three new players on this team. And, you know, like Josh said, they all play for the Fort Wayne Mad Ants in the NBA D-League. Travis Leslie is one of their first new additions, a 6'4 point guard from Georgia. He averaged about 14 points a game this year, including six rebounds. Really efficient player from the floor. The guard is shooting, you know, close to 60% from the field. And he's averaging 14 points, Dan, in just 27 minutes. So if you total that out to, you know, 40 minutes or 48 minutes, his numbers would be well over 20 points a game. His teammate, Jordan Lloyd, another 6'4 guard, averaging about 15 points a game. Four rebounds, four assists in 27 minutes. Another highly efficient player. And Stephen Hicks, the third you know, member of that trio of the new players from the Mad Ants that, that will join the Ants alumni team this year. Stephen Hicks is six six guard, so really long athletic guards. You know, will join the Ants alumni team. Hicks is averaging thirteen and a half points per game, you know, plus six rebounds a night in about thirty minutes. And I, and I looked up a key stat going back to the chemistry and camaraderie theme that I'm going with this week. The only four players on the Mad Ants team that have played 50 games or more. And that's Leslie, Lloyd, Hicks, and McKinney-Jones. So, you know, they definitely will be ready for TBT this summer and, you know, very accustomed to each other's playing styles. Armored Athlete is my next update. Uh, a couple new guys on their team, Julian Gamble, uh, played at the University of Miami, graduated a couple years ago in 2013. He's a 6'9 power forward uh, playing this year um, over in Germany. Uh, 12 and a half points per game. He leads his team six over six rebounds per game. He's averaging 18 points in his last three games, and his team is in the playoffs right now. Two more players that, that AJ Mahar is adding to his armored athlete team. Garrett Sim, a 6'1 point guard from Oregon. He's playing in France. He's averaging about 13 points per game, five assists per game, three rebounds per game. He shoots the ball 93% from the free throw line. So Armored Athlete will definitely have Sim at the line in late game situations. And EJ Singler, another Oregon product, much like Sim, uh, averaging nine points per game for Raptors 905. They're in the D-League finals right now, 39 and 11. The record was for the Raptors 905 this year. EJ Singler, a 6'6 forward for 
uh, armored athlete this year. And EJ Singler is playing with Will Sheehy and Christian Watford. They've all played at least 25 games together. So again, familiarity is key to armored athletes additions. AJ Mahar told me that they will be adding one to two more pieces next week. And those one or two players, you know, he said, and I quote, could be our most talented and accomplished players they've had. And, you know, they have a ton of great players already. So quite, you know, quite the eye opener from AJ Mahar. And my last update, you know, from United, a Rutgers alumni team. And, you know, Bobby Hurley has been in the news. You know, the historic St. Anthony's High School program in New Jersey, Jersey City, is closing. Uh, he, he had over a thousand wins in 40 years. And one of his high school products, Miles Mack, will lead United this summer. They need one more player at least to become eligible. So we, we are waiting on that from United. But Miles Mack, a point guard from St. Anthony's High School, uh, played in Denmark this year in the first division, 17 and 5, 17 points, 5 assists for the guard. Uh, he led his team to a 23 and 5 record and a second place finish. Right now, they are in the finals as well. He's averaging 23 points. He hit five three pointers and dished out nine dimes in the first game of the finals. And Brian Doer is another addition to that United team. He's the all time leader in points scored and three point field goals made in Stony Brook history. So a ton of guards, a ton of new additions, and a ton of guys that have been familiar, you know, with their with their new teammates in TBT. It is a new trend, uh, and I think it's it's cool that you picked up on that more. It does seem like there's a lot of teams that are trying to pair up backcourts that play together overseas uh you know three guys maybe in the case of armored athlete that all play in the same team that's a really interesting trend and i think one that's probably going to continue as we go forward all right guys that was awesome updates uh anything else any parting shots anything you guys want to add on yeah not really dan just looking forward to uh you know more great things happening with the podcast with tbt i it's crazy we're already at uh you know next week will be may so we're really getting to it almost jamboree time almost tbt 2017 time so uh couple of big interviews coming next week as well so make sure to stay tuned for that and uh looking forward to it one more week and then we are have officially hit the halfway point of the uh voting period so you know, we'll see you know who can make a strong push towards june 1st all right that's great remember what they just said you have almost the halfway point to the voting period being over so if it's uh Thinking, If you're thinking about putting a team in, now's the time to jump in. Still have plenty of time to get those votes up. Remember, a good social campaign is the key to getting yourself into TPT. Speaking of social, guys, how about that transition? You can follow us on Twitter, at The Tournament, at Facebook, where The Tournament, on Instagram, where The Dot Tournament, Josh's favorite social network of the moment is Viber. Uh, we're also The Tournament right there. So remember that you can follow us anywhere you want. Again, if you're listening on Apple Music, make sure you share that uh, podcast around with all your friends and family. And uh, don't forget... TBT is coming right around the corner live on ESPN this summer. Looking forward to what's going to happen this summer, and we hope that you are too. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll talk to you soon.